Amen. Esther, the sixth chapter, if you got your Bibles. Amen. Just going to, I don't know, just maybe slow down and preach, teach, whatever God laid upon my heart yesterday in prayer. God began to deal with me, and I don't question anything that he would do. I just am obedient to the calling, amen, to the word of God, amen. And I know God's going to help us, amen. I always think if we could just get one little nugget from each service, and amen, just, and we could use it to build on our lives and become better people, better Christians, better spouses, better parents, amen, better servants to God, amen, I want to be better, amen, thank the Lord, I said I I want to be better, hallelujah, thank you Lord, amen, Esther, the sixth chapter, the first verse, the Bible says, on that night could not the king sleep. That means the king couldn't sleep. And he commanded to bring the book of the records of the chronicles. And they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door who sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? Or what did we pay him for this? Or what did we do anything for the guy that saved the king's life? Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, There is nothing done for him. And the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman was come into the outward court of the king's house. To speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in. And the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, to whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? And Haman answered the king, for the man whom the king delighted to honor, let the royal apparel be brought which the king useth to wear. And the horse that the king rideth upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head, And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of the one, the king's most noble princess, that they may array the man with all whom the king delighteth to honor. And bring him on horseback through the city, street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor. I think the king liked that idea. So then the king said to Haman, Make haste and take the apparel and the horse, just like you said, (laughs) and do even so to Mordecai the Jew that sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. And then took Haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai brought him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor. Amen. Let me preach a little while from this title, The Man. Everybody say The Man. The man in whom the king delighteth to honor. Amen. I want to be that man today. Set your Bibles down and lift your hands and your voices to the Lord. Come on, why don't you cry unto Jesus right now? Hallelujah, we love you, God. Come on, join up with somebody. 
Come on, join up with a prayer warrior right now around you and pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, just cry unto Jesus. Come on, God's going to help somebody in this place. God's going to strengthen somebody. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your voice a little bit louder. Oh, in the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I simply want to preach about, everybody say, the man in whom the king delighteth to honor. Amen. I want to be that man today. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Some people just want to be blessed. Amen. I'm not here to just try to get a blessing. Amen. But I want to live my life in a manner where the king would be happy to open up the windows of heaven in my life. Hallelujah. Amen. The book of Esther begins with uh, Vashti, the queen. She is removed. Uh, There was an open rebellion. There was a banquet, and king wanted her to come. She said she wasn't coming, and it was a big fight. And anyway, in the process of time, the king Ahasuerus, he gets another queen, and she just happens to be a woman named Esther. And Esther was a Jew, even though the king didn't know she was a Jew. Amen. But soon later, he would find out. (laughs) Amen. When you began to study the book of Esther, in the third chapter, we see a man named Haman. He's an Agathite. That just means he's a descendant of Agag, which was the king of the Amalekites. And as you know, the Amalekites and the Jews never did get along. Amen. From the beginning of time when they were coming out, amen, the Amalekites have always hated the Israelites. Amen. They always wanted to destroy them. They attacked them when they were coming out into the promised land. Amen. And let me tell you something. God never forgets what people do to his people. Amen. God never forgets. What is done to his people. And so this man Haman, he is uh, promoted. He hates the Jews, but he's promoted. The Bible said he's right underneath the king. And so he gets the position of being right underneath the king. And this wasn't, uh, in this era, it wasn't just the king of a little bit of uh, property. But the Bible said he was the ruler from India in the east all the way to Ethiopia in the west. Matter of fact, it was the whole known world at that time. Amen. This king was over the whole world. And so when he promoted Haman, Haman became the second most powerful man in the whole world. Let me tell you about position and power. Amen. It does not change you. It just lets everybody know what you're really made out of. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, if I could become some, this or that or get a position, I'm going to be a great person. No, you're not. You're going to show everybody exactly what you are. Amen. So before God promotes you, you ought to try to become what God wants you to be. Well, hallelujah anyhow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. One of the scariest things. It's for people that ain't ready to be promoted to get promoted. Amen. You know what I say? Let God open the doors. Uh, and you just walk through what God opens because you don't want to beat down a door that God don't want you to go through. You'll end up with blood on your hands and a mess and everything else. Uh, hey, just don't you know God's big enough to work out his own will? Amen. Praise God. So he's the second most powerful man in the whole world. The Bible tells us when he walks through the palace in the king's courts, 
all of the king's servants and everybody at the gate and everybody around, they, they bow down to Haman. Amen. They, they give obedience to, to Haman because he's the second in command. And something about when people start bowing down to you, it begins to mess with your mind. The only problem was that there was one man that wouldn't bow. Amen. Haman walked the hallways of the palace and everywhere he went, people were bowing down to him. But when he walked past Mordecai, Mordecai would just look at him. I got a feeling Mordecai had some discernment in his spirit. Uh, Amen. Uh, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Uh, I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. I'm I'm a pilgrim. Uh, I'm a stranger. Uh, I'm just passing through. Uh, Somehow Haman become lifted up in his own mind and and when, when he would see Mordecai, and Mordecai wouldn't do like everybody else, did something to Haman and began to make him mad and made him feel disrespected. My Lord, I'm, I'm going to preach a little while. Amen. There's a way you act when you feel disrespected. Matter of fact, there's only two things that can happen when you feel disrespected. You can either lash out with pride like Haman did or you can act in wisdom and try to figure out why this person feels like they feel. Praise God, I didn't think anybody would run the aisles or nothing. But I, 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 I want to preach to this church. Amen, I started to not live stream it today because I didn't want to offend anybody, but I thought, might as well. Amen, praise God. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. You can either lash out in anger, which your pride would like for you to do, or you can act in wisdom and say, I'm going to, I want to correct whatever this problem is. I'm going to preach from the to the pastor, and I'm going to preach to the Sunday school teacher today. I'm going to preach to the mama, the newborn baby, and everybody in between. There's the way that you deal with life. There's a way you deal with life. There's a way you deal with people. And your future will be a reflection of how you acted and what you did. So you can, my prayer is that everybody would act in wisdom and just say, you know, what is it? What what is it that would cause this person to disrespect me? Man, it happens in churches and happens in homes and happens in schools and happens in daycares Happens on the job, happens in career, it happens everywhere. Amen. We can just make up our mind, are we going to be angry our whole life? We're going to lash out the rest of our life? Or are we going to say, God help me to become what I need to be? I hope this is all right. Because it ain't going to change. Amen. Every single person is in some type of leadership. And we got to learn how to deal with these things. Amen. If Haman would have acted in wisdom and said, come on, Mordecai. Why don't we go have some coffee today? And let's just kind of talk about what, what it is about me that bothers you so bad. I studied what the historians wrote. A lot of them believe that simply it was because that Haman was an Amalekite. And Mordecai was a Jew and there was just the history that had been there for so long. Let me tell you, you got to get past history. You got to get past what people's done. 
You're going to be what God wants you to be. You got to learn how to lay some things down. Set things aside. Let, let history be history. Uh, and you just look forward and say, I'm going on. Some of them believe that Mordecai would not bow because uh, the Jews were so worried about idolatry. Amen. Not bowing before anything except the one God of Israel. Some historians believe that he would have violated, amen, his oath to the law of Moses if he would have bowed down before Haman. I kind of just think he knew he was a hater. (laughs) I just feel like he could, you can feel people. Amen. But just because you can feel people, you can't treat them any different. (laughs) You got to let God do what God's going to do. I don't care if you got the spirit of discernment. I don't care what you've got. That does not give anybody a right to treat anybody different because God's not looking at them for you. God's looking at you for you. And God's going to see how you treat people. Well, hallelujah. I hope this goes over, and if it don't, I'll try it again tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just believe the Bible. I just believe that a soft answer can still turn away wrath. Amen. I grew up with a smart aleck mouth and grew up honking at everybody that pulled out in front of me, especially if they turned right after they pulled in front of me. My Lord, I grew up, you didn't give us a funny look because as long as you weren't real big, we was going to whoop you. You was real big, we'd say, stop it, man. Amen. But at some point in your life, you got to quit being what your DNA tells you that you are. Don't say, well, you're just going to have to learn how to deal with us, Pastor. This is just how my family is. We just... You know, we just, we beat each other up, but we don't let anybody else beat us up or whatever they say. You know what? You got to get the Holy Ghost inside of you. You got to quit letting the flesh lead you. You got to quit letting your DNA lead you and say, I want the Spirit of God to teach me to become what I need to be. Come on, everybody clap your hands. Man, if you would just let situations speak to you. I've had people say stuff to me and I thought, well, that wasn't very nice. It wasn't very true either. But then I began to think, well, let me just, let me ponder on this for a minute. Is this just a problem they got? Or is there an air about me that's causing them? It's stirring something up in them that's causing them to act like this. Amen. If it's something in us that would cause somebody else to treat you disrespectful, don't get mad at them. Say, thank God you show me uh, that if I would change a little bit about how I do my business... uh, Come on, it's going to be slow plowing. Uh, amen. But I want God to change people in this building. Uh, amen. Uh, I've seen people that were so hardened and so callous. Amen. That they wouldn't let life even tell them anything. Uh, and because of this, they lost their families. I'll just go a little deeper. I've seen men that were so hardened and so calloused that they lost their churches because they wouldn't allow life to speak to them. Uh, Amen. Learn how to always take the humble side. One, two, three, four, five. I know it's not the flesh, and the flesh don't want to hear it, uh, but if you learn to just take the humble side, You'll figure out I'm on God's side. And when you get on God's side, if he's for you, 
on earth can be against you. Amen. I've seen men that tried. I say men. And when I say men, I'm talking about human. Humanity. Let me say I've seen people that demanded respect and demanded that people treat them a certain way. Well, that wears me out. Amen. They just demanded you're going to treat me like this. But they never looked in the mirror and said, is there something in my spirit that's causing them to not want to respect me? You know what it ought to do when somebody is disrespectful to you? It ought to make you get on an altar and say, Lord, search me today. I want to be used of you. Amen. I've taught. I've taught men in ministry. Uh, amen. And this applies to everybody in leadership, but I know I've specifically taught to ministry and I've told them, uh, amen, if people don't respect you, uh, they won't respect anything you say. You ought to spend more time making sure uh, there's no friction uh, than ministering to them. Uh, because when it's time to minister, if they ain't got respect for you, they'll never listen to you. Boy, I feel like preaching in this house today. Uh, hey, if we're going to win the world, uh, we got to get the respect to the world. Uh, if we're going to win souls, uh, they got to know we love them uh, and we care about them. Come on, everybody, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe almost all situations can be worked out. I believe almost all situations can be prayed out, talked out, worked out. I don't think you have to live a life of bitterness and just harbor things your whole life when all you got to do is pick up a phone or, or walk up to somebody and take the humble side. And say, hey, I don't know what it is. It just feels like... Uh, there's something against me. Uh, amen. It feels like there's just something. Uh, hey, if I've done anything, uh, will you please forgive me? Uh, hey, we got work to do in the kingdom of God. Uh, hey, if people would learn to take the humble side, uh, we'd see revival like we've never seen it before. Hallelujah. Amen. We got choices today. And Haman, he does not approach this situation with wisdom, but he approaches it with pride. Woo, hallelujah. I tell you, if you approach anything in life prideful, can I just go ahead and tell you, it's going to be a disaster. Hallelujah. I pray, God, and from the day I got the Holy Ghost, I said, God, I don't want any pride in my life. Amen. The thing that destroyed the first half of my life or the first, I mean, I didn't mean it like that, the first 10% of my life. Amen. Amen. It was prideful things. I thought I was so intelligent and I knew I was smarter than everybody else, higher IQ, and I had all this logic and, all, and I had the world by the tail and I had it all figured out, making money God took all that away. God took all that pride. And the day I walked into the church, I said, God, I don't care what you've got planned for my life. Don't you ever let an ounce of pride come into my spirit. Amen. I don't ever want to mess up with God. I don't want a whooping in my life. I got a story to tell you real fast, and I'm going to move on. I was in Brazil last month. I think it was. I was preaching. There was a lady there, a naturopath doctor, and she was um, checking all this stuff out, and wild stuff. And then you hold this wand. It puts frequencies all through your body. It tells you everything. I thought, I'm fixing to see if she really knows what she's doing. So I didn't tell her nothing. I was sitting there, and she started naming off stuff that nobody would have known. She said, well, you, you need to work on your sugar a little bit. I thought, my Lord, 
She started, she said, does your lower back hurt when you sit for too long? I mean, she started, it was, I thought, wow. And she got down to this other stuff and she said, and it shows that you're not a prideful man. I thought, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, we're serving a faithful God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you if, you, if you can just get rid of your pride. Pride won't let you have a pastor. Pride won't let you have somebody to have veto power in your life. So, well, that's easy for you to preach. You're the pastor. It's easy for me to preach because I got a pastor. He called me. He texted me this morning. Uh, Hallelujah. So you can't pull that one on me. I got a pastor. And he tells me what to do. He enjoys telling me what to do. And I enjoy him telling me what to do. The reason we got a two-story church being built right now is because I got a pastor. I had a plan for a one-story building. He walked out on the land and said, you need to build a two-story. Guess what? I'm building a two-story. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Y'all may not like that preaching, but God's been good to me because I got rid of all my pride. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, I got to preach. Y'all help me. So he approaches this situation of all these people bowing except for this one guy. He approaches it with pride. And when your response to being disrespected is anger, just know pride is in the driver's seat. Woo, it got quiet all of a sudden. I'm glad the Lord is the one been dealing with me about this. When you respond to disrespect with anger, just know you're operating in pride. Pride is pulling the levers in your life. Pride is telling you what to say and what to do and what to text and what to call. Ooh, it's getting kind of quiet. What happens is your pride gets stepped on. Never mind the fact that everybody in the kingdom was bowing down. Praise God. Never mind the fact that 99.9% .9 of all the people were doing exactly what Haman wanted them to do. It's just this one guy. Let me tell you, when you're working through the flesh, the flesh is never satisfied. You could have all this stuff right. And there could be one little thing. And that one little thing could control you because you're operating in the flesh. Praise God. Boy, I, I, I'm sorry, but no spam this morning. We're going to get some steak and, and it's going to be burnt. You're going to have to chew on it hard. Amen. You ought to look at yourself and say, how do I respond to life. You say bless them Lord. God. If I've done anything to them. Please forgive me. That's when you know you're operating in the spirit. The Bible said when you got to give. You come to the altar. You realize your brother has all against you. What are you supposed to do? You leave it there. And you go make it right. What is the Bible saying? It ain't going to do you no good. Yeah. All the shouting and speaking in tongues and travailing. If you got a heart of hatred, it did you no good. Leave your gift. Get your heart right. Go back to the altar and shout and love God. You're talking about the goodness. 
is when you get your heart right and you can say, I love everybody and everybody loves me. That's when the Holy Ghost can flow through you. That's when you get joy unspeakable. Man, let me tell you, if you're operating in the flesh, the Bible said, the eyes of a man are never satisfied. I was just saying the flesh would never get enough. Every person in the palace bowing down wasn't enough. That one guy. Amen. This is what the Bible said. Pride goeth before destruction. Hallelujah. Boy, it's quiet in here today, but it's fine. Pride goeth before destruction. Let me tell you, if a man or a woman is operating in pride, it's just a matter of time. This Bible does not lie. You're about to tumble on your head. It's about to be ripped away from you. And God, if God's got to do it to get you to come back and put a spirit of meekness on you instead of a spirit of pride, he'll take your world and he'll flip it upside down. You'll have to sell your fancy car. Or they'll bring a record and pick it up and take it home. Uh, Amen. God won't spare anything uh, to get you to the place it takes to be saved. Amen. Seen this many times if, if the food that you feed your flesh is pride. If what keeps you going and sustaining you is pride. If you get your joy and happiness from pride and if your response to every situation is determined by pride, I tell you, it's going to be a bad future for you. You know what I love about prayer meeting? It helps get all the garbage out of you. That's why a lot of people don't want to pray. Because God brings stuff to their mind. Some people can't endure sound doctrine because it brings stuff to their mind. But you know what? Whatever I've got in my spirit, if there's anything in me that don't belong, I'm big enough man to say, God, you take it out. Matter of fact, if you show me, I'd rather take it out myself uh, than to have you take it out. Uh, you just kind of lean and point to what needs to change. Uh, I'll do what you say. I done been down that road. Uh, I don't want anything to mess me up. So Haman, in his pride, he becomes angry. And in his anger, he makes a plan to kill Mordecai. My Lord, it's what pride does. It just leads to anger. and Anger wants to destroy everything that comes against him. And so he begins to devise a plan to kill Mordecai and all the other Jews. And he comes to the king and begins to describe... There's a people, O oh king, that live among us and they're a little different than we are. And they have a different set of laws and they don't go by what we go by. And matter of fact, these people, they've caused a lot of trouble in the past. They've destroyed a lot of nations. And he begins to paint the Jews in a negative light and really tries to make them look bad. Uh, can I just, uh, amen, can I just ramble for a little while? Amen. Anybody that, that you hear trying to degrade other people. Can I use the word of God to open up something in somebody's mind? Amen. Anytime you hear somebody 
trying to degrade and run down other people. You ought to listen real close and you'll hear a wounded pride trying to restore itself. If you listen real close, uh, you'll hear a wounded pride trying to re-strengthen itself. Uh, hey man, that's been knocked down. Uh, you, you shouldn't even participate in those conversations. So Haman, he gets the king all confused because he doesn't tell him the whole truth. Ain't that amazing when you're when you're talking bad about somebody, you tell them the bad part and leave out the other part. In court, it's called exculpatory evidence. It's evidence that'll let the defendant off the hook. Amen, it's his alibi. You're trying to hide the good part and expose the bad part. Amen, he didn't want to say anything, so he didn't say the name Jews because King Ahasuerus kind of liked the Jews. They were nice people. They worked for him. They... They brought joy to the camp, and so he, he, he didn't tell the whole truth. Imagine that. He just talks about a fringe group, a bunch of weirdos, and, and he gets him to put that seal. Yes, all these people need to go. So he gets him to sign it. And old Mordecai, he's having the, the time of his life. He goes and gets all of his carpenters. We're fixing to build some gallows. We're about to hang this one joker that won't bow down to me amen sounds like pride amen he's building gallows I'm fixing to kill this guy and obviously he can't wait till tomorrow to even do it ain't that how hatred works it just how gossip works you can't even wait till daylight you I know it's late, but I got something to tell you. I'm asleep. I'm sorry. He says, I'm fixing to get permission tonight. What are you doing? You're operating out of pride. Your pride's hurt. I'm going to get permission tonight. Just so happened that the king, he couldn't sleep that night. He went to bed early, but he didn't have no NyQuil for his nighttime problems. And so he said, well, why don't somebody just bring me a book and read it to me? So they bring the history books of the, of the kingdom, and they began to read about this guy. His name was Mordecai, and they're reading this history book to the king. There were two chamberlains that, we're secretly plotting to kill you, Ahasuerus. And there was a guy named Mordecai that heard him. And he told the king what was going to happen. And we caught him in the plot. And tonight the king's alive because Mordecai heard their little story. And he took it to the authorities. And the king's sitting there and he said, My Lord! The guy saved my life? Did we do anything for him? Did we give him a house somewhere? And a new Ferrari? Did we do anything for this guy that saved my life? No, King. We didn't do anything. My Lord, well, we got to do something. We're going to have to do something. About that time, he must have heard something in the outer court. Hey, who is that out there? It's Nicholas. Praise God. Hi, Nicholas. Yeah. yeah. Who is that out there? It's Haman. Really? He's the vice president. Bring him in. He knows. He's smart. He's a good, he, that guy, he's brilliant. That guy, bring him on in. What Haman don't know is that he's got Mordecai on the brain. And the king has Mordecai on the brain. 
where the enemy's got Mordecai on the brain, the king has Mordecai on the brain. Neither one of them knows what the other one's thinking about, but there's just about to be a meeting. Come on in, Haman. I don't know what you're here for, Haman, but before you start, I got to ask a question. What should be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Praise God. And the man full of pride and full of hatred and full of bitterness. Can you imagine that's the man that thinks the king wants to honor him? Getting kind of quiet now. Can you imagine the man that's full of hatred and full of pride and full of bitterness thinks he ought to get a blessing? I may get a mirror up there at the new church where y'all can see what I see, amen. And old Haman's thinking, my Lord, he don't know. <laughs> he don't really know who I am. He's got to be talking about me. Hallelujah. He's got to be talking about me. You know what I would do, King? This is what I'd do if I was you. Where is he it's kind of like you planning your own birthday party. <laughs> you know what I'd do? I'd get that big old long robe that you wear with all the precious stones laid upon it. I'd put it on that guy. <laughs> then that crown that you wear, I'd get it and I'd put it on his head. I know he'd been dreaming about being the king anyway because he was full of pride. Praise God. Well, this is good preaching right here. I'd put that crown on his head and I wouldn't even make him walk. This is what I'd do. I'd go get that beautiful horse in the stall. Maybe it was one of them real long, pretty Arabians that I'd put him on that horse. Then I'd have one of your servants, because they all bow to me anyway. I'd have one of them lead through town. And while he's leading, I'd have him open his mouth and say, Hey, y'all, this is what happens to the man whom the king delighted to honor. Oh, Haman, in his mind, he done planned his own birthday party. He had it all figured out. What he didn't realize was it wasn't his birthday. It was somebody else's party. And the king is sitting there listening. Wow. My Lord, that sounds like a wonderful thing to do. That's a great idea. And I can just see Haman going, He's probably thinking, I'm fixing a march on this horse right beside Mordecai. He's going to bow then. And the king's going, man, that is a wonderful idea. Since you already got the key to my office, Haman, why don't you go ahead and go get those clothes that you talked about? Get that crown you talked about. You know the keypad to the barn. <laughs> Go ahead and get my favorite horse out of there. Amen. And then when you get done, go get that and go put them clothes on Mordecai. Put it on him. Put that crown on his head. Go ahead and pick him up and put him on that horse. And I want you to be the one to go through town saying this is the man whom the king delighteth to honor. Can you imagine the shock? 
I wish the Bible had emoticons in it. It just goes on to the next verse. But if I could put some in there, it'd be like, Praise God. You got to put your own in there. Praise God. Let me tell you something. I want to be the man that the king delights to honor. Let me tell you the shock of some people's life is going to be when they stand before God. And in their mind, they think they got it all together. And they're full of hatred. And they're full of bitterness. They can't get past people. It's gnawing on the inside of them. Somebody did something to me. Let me tell you, my friend. You do not want to be that guy. You want to be the guy that's got a pure heart. Amen. A guy that loves everybody. Can I? If you, my Lord, it's only 11.45. They must have not sang very long. I was going to say, give me five more minutes, but I may have 15. <laughs> About talk too fast. Amen. So can I just, I mean, this is the way my elementary brain works. If God's looking at two people, and he's going to bless one of them. Can I just tell you who he picked? Let me tell you what he didn't pick first. He didn't pick Haman. Why did he not? Well, this Bible said, if you say you love God and you hate your brother... The Bible said, and this ain't me, so don't get offended at me. Don't write comments about me on Facebook. Amen. This is God's word. If you say you love God and you hate your brother, the Bible said you're a liar. You know what that means? He said, how can you love God whom you have never even seen and hate your brother that you see every day. Praise God. Getting quiet in here. Hallelujah. Look who God didn't pick. He didn't pick somebody that hated people. He didn't pick somebody that was so full of pride. Let me tell you the worst thing that could happen is God elevates you. And you have pride in your spirit. He did not pick. The man that was full of pride. He didn't pick the man just because he had pretty clothes on. How pretty is... Hey, to go to the number two position in the whole world, you, you got to have some good stuff. I mean, if you just think about it, he must have been a good talker or something or negotiator or budgeter. Or, there was something good about Haman or he would have never got that high. But down deep inside... He was so full of pride. So some people look and think, well, I got talents. God, that don't mean nothing. Talent means nothing if your inside is wrong. No matter what you can do. I've heard people that could sing like, most beautiful but there was there was something in their spirit I've seen people that could preach like I mean beautiful sermons but they couldn't wait to kill somebody let me tell you who God's looking for I've been I prayed yesterday and God dealt with my spirit God's looking for some more to chaos. Amen. People that'll do what's right when nobody's looking. Tell you what, who God picked. 
was the guy that heard somebody wanting to kill the king. Remember, Mordecai is a servant in that land. In his mind, he could have thought, wow, if they kill the king, I might get to go free. See, a lot of people, they'll go along with bad as long as it benefits him too. Some people go along with evil as long as they like it too. But Mordecai was a man of principle that said it's not right to kill the king. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. It's helping me out right now. Mordecai was a, was a man of principle. He did what's right, whether it was to his advantage or to his disadvantage. That's when you know a man's real. Hallelujah. Lord, I could talk about a lot of stuff, but I'm not. Praise God. <laughs> I had a tax guy that was like, well, man, you owe a lot of money. This is several years ago. I don't, I'd sold something. He said, man, you owe a lot of money. What about your mileage? <laughs> Told him my mileage. It's like he was pushing me to say a bigger number. And I was just like, I could save 50000 Nobody could ever prove it. It sure was really quiet here right now. And it sure helped out my pocketbook. Wouldn't owe the IRS the rest of my life. But I've got a God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Let me tell you something. If they push the wrong button at the cash register and it would save me 10 cents, I'm going to tell them. Hey, I, I don't mind getting a discount, but that ain't what I got. What? what? Come on, we, we got to get, we got to get this inside of us to where when God's looking down, he says, that's the one. That I would really like to bless. That. Don't get me wrong. I want the best deal I can get on everything I can do it. But it's going to be principled. And I'm going to be honest. And I ain't going to have to repent about nothing. Because. God. Is always watching. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord together right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, lift up your voice for one moment. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. When I think about what God has done for us, you hear me? When you count your blessings, Name them one by one. When you count your blessings and you think about where your life would be if you were alive, if God hadn't have found you, we have no reason to hate anybody. We have no reason to be puffed up. We have no reason to not be able to work with other people. If we knew how frail, David said, let me number my days that I may know how I need to be acting right now. Amen. If God were to give us some wisdom and show us exactly how frail 
temporal that we really are. My Lord. We wouldn't waste one second being mad at somebody or fighting somebody or trying to argue with somebody. My Lord, we sure wouldn't waste our time getting on Facebook arguing with people. Amen. We, we got too much gospel to preach. And really, if you understood people, if you understood how the, the things, how they deal with life, and you would learn how to overlook a whole lot of stuff. You wouldn't get in arguments and fights and you would just praise God. It seemed like the end thing is to argue with people. And I see Pentecostal organizations arguing with each other and preachers arguing and fighting. It just makes me, uh, help me God. It's like everybody wants to fight. And I want to win souls. Amen. God, <laughs> I was, praise God. You can go ahead and turn that live stream off for a minute. I may talk for just a minute. You can tell me when it's off. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, everybody that was born in different generations, we, we, we like different stuff. You know, next Friday I'll be the big 5-0. I don't know how that happened. But like those songs that they were singing today, I, I kind of like those. And I remember them singing a song, and I don't even know what song it was, so y'all don't even try to figure it out. But I thought, this song is irritating me right now. It was so something that it was irritating me. I thought, I'm just going to praise God through this and act like I, this ain't bothering me. And so I walked over here. And this irritating song was going, blah, blah, something. And I stood right here. And there was three little girls bawling their eyeballs out. And I felt a dagger go through my heart. I thought, you idiot. Praise God. You know what I made up my mind that day? I, if it's about Jesus... I love it. If it ain't my beat, I love it. If it ain't my genre, I love it. Because everything impacts somebody differently. So when I told them, you know what? We're going to have a Sunday where we sing old songs. and Then we're going to have times when we got youth choirs. Amen. I want, if they're singing a song, you may not like it, you ought to just jump up. Three little girls being renewed in the Holy Ghost. And I was over there pouting. I thought, my God, I'm an idiot. Forgive me, Jesus. I don't want to be in the, I don't want to miss out on one blessing. That's when I said, you know what? I'm fixing to get a southern gospel quartet. They're going to sing. And I'm going to have a youth choir sing. There's going to be younger people lead. And there's going to be older people lead. There's going to be black gospel. And there's going to be southern gospel. There's going to be whatever and whatever. Hey man, uh, we're going to touch everybody uh, Everywhere. Don't. Hey, I, I'm really almost through. But I, I thought, Lord, if I could get mixed up in that, I'm fixing to preach about it. Don't you get mixed up in it. Amen. This is what they like to say. Well, this, the new music is just so repetitious. I heard this last week at a, at a conference. They're just repeating themselves over and over and over and over and over. I'm standing here this morning and 
and they're singing, one, 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 one way. One, 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 one way, and I love it. One, 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 one way. There ain't nothing changed. Amen. He's still on the throne. He's still God. He still needs to be glorified. He still needs to be magnified. Hey, when you just start loving everything and everybody, you'll become the man whom the king delighted to honor. I'm almost finished, but I can't stop yet. <laughs> it's like it's like I guess it's the cool thing for different for older people to bash the younger people's music and the younger people to bah. And they say. <laughs> and I heard another one. Well, I think. Please forgive me. I'm just, I'm just laying my heart out. I just heard it not long ago. Well, they don't preach the oneness of God. I'm thinking I preach the oneness of God. He said church sounds like a personal development course instead of church nowadays. And I thought, Have you ever read the Beatitudes? Have you ever studied the Gospels? Jesus walks around for three years telling people, you got to change. You got to be different. Then there's the book of Acts and then Romans begins and it's a bunch of letters from there to the end of the book. You got to do right. You got to get up and be what you're supposed to you got to develop. You can't stay where you're at. you got to become a better person. Hey, hey, I love it all. I love it all. You know what the key is? we got to have balance. I understand too much of one thing could wear somebody out, and you don't, you don't want to get out of balance. But you ought to love it all. If they're preaching about tithes and offering, you ought to love it. If they're preaching about the oneness of God, you ought to love it. If they're preaching, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, you ought to love it. When they're preaching, you got to change. You got to develop. You got to become a better. You ought to love it. You shouldn't. Well, it ain't like it used to be. The songs, they don't sing about the blood. It's not about God, it's all about them. I was just listening to Sister Alicia sing last week. The blood that Jesus shed for who? Way back on Calvary. It's the blood that gives who strength? It's all about them. It ain't about them. It's all about the relationship with God. Stand together with me. I'm through. I'm tired. Amen. Let me get some tolerance for other people. Well, they just ain't like me. Well, yeah. And you ain't like them. Well, I'm going to tell you. The greatest revival America has ever seen. Started out on Bonnie Bray Drive in Los Angeles in the early 1900s. Got too big for that and moved over to Azusa Street. This was a time when people of different colors weren't even allowed in the same rooms. And it was started by a black man with one eye was the pastor. And there was white people singing and brown people shouting and yellow people. People of different languages, different ages, different genres, different everything, different DNAs. But they weren't there for one another. They weren't there to win friends. They were there to serve God. I want to be the man 
the king delighteth to honor. Think about God looking down at you. Saying, I locked him. Think about Jesus saying, I, they're doing it how I would do it. They're treating people how I would treat them. They're loving on people like I love on people. That's the man. Anybody want to be the man? Anybody want to be the man? Come on, everybody, come down front for just a few minutes. Come on, we're going to let God do a little work on us. Amen. We're going to go home. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. As you come, I want you to just lift your hands. Lift your voice. God, let me be that man. Let me be that woman. Let me be that person. Let me be that saint of God that you just love to bless. The one that gives you joy to honor him. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice to God. Say, search me right now. Cleanse me right now. Help me right now. Speak to me right now. Oh, Rabba Salali. Salali di 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 o salali di di o la mossa. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, prayer warriors, just cry. Come on, God's going to purge us. Come on, God's going to purge us. You're going to see the windows of heaven open when God purges you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Come on in Jesus' name. Purge me. Cleanse me. Purify me, God. Oh, Come on. Come on, help somebody. Come on, just a few moments. We're going to let the Holy Ghost have its way. Oh, Rabasadayalaba. Come on in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. How precious is that grace? 